Hello, I'm Crystal Mori, Teaching Channel Laureate and host of the podcast series, Women Leaders in Education. Today I'm here with Lavana Roth, keynote speaker and founder of Ignite Your Shine, and author of Brain Powered Strategies to Engage All Learners. On behalf of the Teaching Channel and all of our listeners, let me welcome you uh, to our conversation and thank you for being a part of this series. Thank you, Crystal. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate it and thank you for everything. Yeah, as uh, somewhat of a developing woman leader myself, I really look to the advice and the narratives of other women. So uh, uh, again, just thank you for this moment of sharing about yourself and your journey and your challenges and your opportunities today. You know, many people look up to you. You're known as a leader in education for your work and encouraging ed educators to focus on one's positive aspects um, of who they are uh, in order to create uh, inspiring work environments. And you've really helped to think about brain research and education. What has inspired you to become a leader in education? It's our kids. That's the short answer. <laughs> it's all about what is best for kids. And I personally don't see that happening all the time or as much as possible or as much as, much as it should. And I just feel that, you know, I appreciate you, first of all, saying a leader. You know, it's, it's funny because as a self-reflection, you're like, well, I'm not a leader. There's so-and-so is a leader and so-and-so is a leader, but we're all leaders in all reality. It's our responsibility to step up. And a lot of times the voices of our students get shut down and get quieted. So I think it's our responsibility as a leader to not only speak up for them, but to also allow them opportunities to speak up and just seeing some things that I've not been okay with that have happened in education and talking to students and their frustrations from anywhere from kindergarten, who it's a simple little frustration to seniors who extremely frustrated with not the whole education system at all, because I think we have a wonderful education system. I just think there are things that we definitely need to change so that the focus is on students and that every decision we make is about what is best for students. Not that we will always agree on that. That's a gray area at times. But are we still thinking about them first in every decision? You know, it's, it's kind of like when you go through a rough time in your life, like let's say a divorce. You know, it's not about whether let's say, for example, I'll use me as an example, like if I, going through divorce, if I was, right? I would. It's not about what I think is best for our kids. It's not about what he thinks is best for the kids. It's about what together we can do is best for the kids, if that makes sense. So it's not my own personal agenda is what I'm trying to say. It's not his personal agenda. It would be the agenda of the kid for the kids. So taking a step back and doing it that way. And again, I'm not going through divorce. I want to make that clear. <laughs> Using it as an example. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. As someone who has, um, I know exactly uh, what you are alluding to, that, that moment of really that selfless nature that you have to have um, uh, as you surround yourself in, in what's best for, for not yourself, but, but for really the community and especially the young ones um, that we're raising. So, you know, absolutely. I think, I think that you bring up kind of a, a great analogy there. What? Crystal, um, I had gone through a divorce too, so yeah, I, I, okay. I have experience as well. <laughs> so you're yeah. not, really, not in this alone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, it's, it's often, right? As, I always say if you live long enough, uh, life will throw you some curveballs, and, and it's, it's just yeah. a matter of how we deal with those curveballs. But uh, that is sort of life. So you just brought up uh, a, a challenge. Uh, a personal challenge that often leaders face, um, such as divorce, but there's so many challenges that leaders face as, as they really kind of craft um, whatever it is that they are really working toward and developing. Can you speak to one challenge that you faced 
uh, as you've uh, really grown in your leadership? Absolutely. And there have been so many. But if I were to single it down to what has been my greatest personal challenge is self-doubt. You know, it's it's that inner voice and that self-talk of who are you to achieve this? You're not good enough to be able to do this. Why would it be you? You don't have the skills. Um, you have no clue to how to make that happen. And by listening to speakers and reading good books, what I've realized is none of us do. We're all figuring it out, you know, but at least we're in this together. And again, it goes back to similar what I was saying about with students is that it's stepping up because something has to be done. You know, we, we have an obligation as humans to stand up for each other and to support each other. And I strongly believe in that. And so it's the same thing, though, about ourselves. A lot of times we think about supporting everybody else, but we also have to support ourselves. So learning how to squish that voice and it pops up even I'm much better at it, much better. But there's still those moments and to take a step back and say, OK, you don't know how to do it. But one, do you know somebody who does? Two, could you find somebody who does if not? And three, guess what? The, pay, the path had to have been paved before, so why not you create your own path with it? And I realize that these have become um, limiting beliefs and they can do us a disservice where we allow them to rule our life. And then at the end of our life, what do we have to say we accomplished? Nothing if we let it rule our life. So it's squishing down those fears. As a matter of fact, I did a post recently that said faith over fear equals freedom. And I, I, I believe that having faith over, to overcome that fear, to trump that fear so that you can have that freedom to do what you were meant to do in, in this life. Yeah, it really sounds like that point of liberation. And, you know, it's reminding me some of my best as somebody who also has that exact same struggle. Some of my best mentors have said kind of just own the thought, but see it as a passing thought. Like that's a thought that comes into your head when it's that self-doubt, but it's a, it can be a passing thought. It doesn't have to like cement itself there. And I've sort of like given ownership to it, but not let it control or rule, you know, um, me for the moment. I'm just kind of let it come and go. But it is a continuous challenge and yeah. something that you only get better with, you know, over time. And, and even then, it's sometimes it's, you know, it's maybe not linear uh, in dealing with self-doubt as well. Yes, I love that. And that's so important. I love it. You, you honor that feeling. And that was something Brene Brown and I think it's the book Rising Strong. She talks about honoring that feeling. Like, don't dismiss it and put up that wall type thing, but really say, okay, this is how I feel. It's a true feeling that you have, but don't let it then become the actual like ruler. You know, exactly what you said. I love that saying. Thank you for sharing that. So when we talk about uh, education at large is so often under attack right now, um, it's you know in the media almost daily, uh, and there's and there's a variety of issues around education that um, that are really sort of on the precipice of the households around the United States, whether it be uh, the trans transition to Common Core, the teacher shortage, uh, currently obviously the public versus private education um, debate that's going on. How do you stay inside of these really challenging conversations when there is sometimes a lot of negativity um, or, uh, or really, really tough conversations really in the nation as a whole? Yeah, there, there's a lot of concerns for sure. Um, a lot of positivities, but a lot of concerns, a lot of negativity, a lot of personal agendas that are, like I said earlier, not for the best of kids. It's their own personal gain. And I think it's important to take a step back and to recognize your why. So what keeps my passion going and 
that's one of the biggest things I get, you know, I guess it's a compliment and I, and I hope it's meant as a compliment is that my passion for what I believe in and not that I'm not open to other, you know, in viewpoints. I'm all, I, I welcome that because I love to expand my horizon and think of something that I hadn't thought of in the past, but really owning my why and my why in life is to honor and value individuals to help them illuminate the world. And that is exactly why I started Ignite Your Shine. And it's an acronym to work through different components in life. I really meant it for education. It's expanded way beyond that. But for education, when we look at these issues that and challenges and concerns that we have, it goes back to what is our why? You know, why, why are we in education? Well, I think majority of educators, and if they're not saying this, they need to get out of education, I'll be that blunt, is that it's for our kids. You know, it is for helping our students become the best people that they can be so that they can be contribute to the world in a positive way and in the way that they wanted to. Not us saying that you need to go into this and become this, or you should be doing this because of that. It's what do they want? What is their purpose? And I think a lot of these issues would not be so huge if people went back to the why of we're in education and they stepped away from personal agendas and we all have a personal agenda you know to a point we all have certain things but i mean it when you're in it for you not for the real reason why we should be in education so you just mentioned um ignite your shine and um would you mind kind of elaborating on that a little bit and how that um how you really used that to help both teachers um, and educators and students really kind of find their passion um, Maybe you could elaborate on that for a moment. I'd love to. I'd love to. But I'm just going to warn you, you're tapping into my passion now. So I'm going to try to keep it short. <laughs> so shine is something. So I actually, in education, a frustration that I've had is the word, uh, really how we define smart. And so when we look at gifted education, I personally believe that that is not accurate in how we do it. Because we tend to put kids into a box of reading, writing, math, and science. Right? Specifically with gifted, we look at math and science. I believe every child is gifted, and it's not in just those areas. I believe that students are gifted with compassion. They're gifted in art. They're gifted in music. They're gifted in interpersonal skills, communication skills. I mean, we could go on and on about this. And we're not looking at those strengths. Instead, we say, oh, math and science, you're gifted. So-and-so go to gifted. Well, you just told everybody else they're not gifted. And I don't mean this from a warm and fuzzy way. I mean this as... Every child is gifted. I truly believe that. And we dishonor and we disvalue students when we don't recognize that. So I started with the word smart and someone told me right or wrong. Someone told me you'll never change the definition of smart in, in the school system. And I thought, okay, doesn't mean I can't go for it, but I thought, well, what, what, is, what am I really trying to grasp? And I realized it's shine. How do people shine, right? It's how are you smart? But in other words, how do you shine with that? And the acronym, smart I'm struggling with, shine immediately came out. So S was self, you know, is self. As in, what are your strengths? And focusing on that, yes, we always work on our weaknesses, but we are so good at saying, oh, let's give you three hours of remediation in math. Let's give you five hours in, in reading for remediation. And I'm exaggerating, but this is also how students often feel through conversations I've had with them. So let's stop looking at the weaknesses all the time. There are certain skills that, yes, they need to be successful in life, but instead, let's focus on the strengths and utilize those to build confidence so that when our students leave us, they are confident and ready to contribute. The other part of self, though, is service, right? How do you serve and what do you do to service? And I mean that from a perspective of serving you to take care of you so that you can serve others. I never mean this in a selfish, greedy way. It literally is to take care of you so that you can serve others. And as educators who are so amazing, I call them edu stars 
because educational rock stars, right, but just for shorter edgy stars, are so great at taking every, care of everybody else but themselves. And it's important to take care of you. So that's the S, self. H is heart. What is your passion? What lights your world on fire? And when we teach students especially, and it could be anyone, but teach students especially to take what is it that they are strong at doing and they're passionate about and put that together, that's where they're meant to be in life. You know, I could be, um, I use this example a lot in my when I'm talking and I'm giving my uh, keynotes or full day shop workshops. I call them fun shops though, by the way. Um, but when I do this, I give the example of I could be amazing at organizing, but if you give me a full-time job and I don't like it, I'm going to burn out. So it's important to have that passion piece with it. Now you take the two letters. Great. Yeah. Strengths and you got heart, which is passion. You get to I and that's inspire because life is going to throw you curveballs like we just talked about. You're going to have things that you never saw coming. You're going to have people who tell you you suck. Who do you think you are? It, all these things are going to come at you. How do you stay inspired and how do you help others stay inspired? Because again, that's our obligation as a human. N is navigate because it's the pathway. It's the dream. It's the goal. And if you do nothing with all the things we just talked about, what's the point? So what is your action plan? And it can change, but what is your plan? And go for your dreams and your goals. And then E is the result because E is exceptional. By doing all those things we discussed, you become the exceptional person that you were meant to be not anybody else who you were meant to be. And it's helping students and it's helping individuals in general tear down the walls and the pressures of what we hear from the outside world society to really get to the core of who we are, believe in who we are, stand in confidence in who we are, and go help others do the same. Well, you can tell um, as we listen to you that the company that you've developed, you really sort of, um, you exhibit really really clearly. You're very inspired um, and passionate and navigating this course that you really set out for. For people um, and the people listening that may be sort of um, not quite as far in the path in their navigation um, sort of part, um, what piece of advice would you give to them as they're just sort of starting out and trying to maybe even figure out still maybe even what it is that inspires them? I talk to educators every day um, I, you know, I just had a conversation with one of my staff members yesterday, and, and she was sort of in that moment of self-doubt, like, where do I go from here? You know, she was having that moment. What's that piece of advice that you give to those people that are still trying to kind of figure things out for themselves? Well, I think we all are all, all the time. You know, first of all, it's, you know, you hear that often say, educate, people in general, as they get older, they're like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And they might be 80 years old, you know? So... It's, we're always trying to find our path, but I think it's important to start becoming aware of what, what is it that you notice around the world that taps your interest? What is it that you go, oh, I love doing that. That is so cool. That's so fun. Um, go back to being a kid. Like I was just asked recently, Levana, in your sessions, we blow bubbles. And why do we blow bubbles? Well, it's because I want you to go back to being your inner self and I want you to let go of your worries. The bubbles become, become a symbol of you letting the worries float away on them. At the same time, many people haven't blown bubbles since they were a kid unless they have kids themselves. And we often get into this thought of I'm an adult now. I have to act a certain way. I can't do this. I can't do that. And there's really no rule about that. So by doing things that Go back to being a kid. What are the fun things you like to do? Whether it's light bright, whether it's operation, it was play Scrabble, you know, whatever, climb trees, read a book in a tree, whatever it may be, go back to some of those things because that's who you really were. 
and you still are, we just have put these adult-like restrictions on. So that's part of it. Also, like I said, becoming aware of it. You know, if, if you're out somewhere and you're like, oh, tell me more about that when you're talking to a friend or you listen to a show and you're like, oh, I never thought about that. that oh, that's a cool thing. Or you try something new that you've never tried before. That's where you start allowing that expansion to occur and you begin to find your path. But definitely look for books of interest and books of not interest, you know, non-interest, because those are the ones that capture attention and enlighten that world. And look for people who support you. I cannot stress that enough as a leader. Find people that are your cheerleaders because you're definitely going to have enemies out there. And the more that you go into your own self and you speak out about things, the more enemies you're going to have. And that's the reality of life. So have those around you that support you and just continue to go for it. Take risks. I am such a, I, I believe so strong in taking risks and it's not easy. And I will definitely say that there's times, again, that self-doubt goes, why are you doing this? Don't do this. Don't do this. And I'm like, no, I'm shutting you down. I'm going for it. So I, I all of those things, go for it. Have fun. Be a kid. <laughs> it reminds me of the hashtag that I believe the teaching channel started called the um, a new kind of PD. Um, and when I'm developing PD experiences for my staff, I always think of what's the amount of like of, of fun or engagement, um, which are two different things often, but like, how am I highly engaging and while my staff should be smiling um, and engage with one another in a learning way that is fun. I want them to enjoy their experience. Um, yes. So I think as like, if people that are have the opportunity to to be on the side that develops the PDs or runs the PDs, you really have an obligation to engage our teachers in those experiences that, uh, that allow them maybe to, um, to sort of sort out uh, some, some of the things in their heads as they have um, fun along the way. Um, yes, definitely. You bring up a great point. Well, can you speak to uh, somebody that you currently look up to or that you've looked up to in education um, that maybe has sort of helped you out along the way? You just mentioned have a group of people that, uh, that really support you. Who is kind of that group for you? I would say the edu stars that I interact with a lot on Twitter, some on Voxer, um, but I will point out one special specific person that's just been there a lot for me. As a matter of fact, I had the privilege of having lunch with her this week, and it's been a couple years since I've seen her. And her name is Daryl, and Daryl is one of those people that I, I didn't have a lot of confidence. Uh, I struggled with not who I am necessarily, but again, those self-doubts and was on the shyer side because of that. And I still am. I still fight that immensely. Um, not when I'm out speaking. And when I'm speaking, I'm all in, you know, but there's a very shy side to me when it's more one-on-one -on -one or I'm passing someone. My, my reaction is I talk about this in my my fun shops because we we impact people in all that we do and for when somebody goes by me i kind of want to not say hi and it's not because it's not true that's really not a true statement i want to say hi i so badly want to interact with that person because i love people but the fear takes over with me well when i moved from florida to, or so ohio to florida daryl is one that i met i think it was the very first day that i showed up as a new teacher and i asked her a question and we immediately hit it off she has been such a strong cheerleader for me. I mean, I will choke up talking about her because she has supported me along the whole way. She's the person that said, would you present? And as my head screamed, oh, no, 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 no way, my mouth said, sure, because I, don't, I believe in not letting my fear stop me. Had I not been offered that and accepted that, 
I don't know that I would be doing what I'm doing today, which I absolutely love. You know, it's exhausting being on the road a lot. I, but I absolutely, I would not change it. I love it. Or would it have taken me a lot longer to do that? But Daryl has also been there through, she feeds you the bluntness that you need to hear. And she's been, there's been a time where I have been very angry with her. Um, for, she knows it, but doesn't know it at the extent, but it took me about 24 hours. So I, I say I go into, went into my logical brain because you know, in the middle, you have the limbic system where you're emotional and then you come to the forefront where you think logically. And I realized that what she was telling me is it goes along with the saying that that truth hurts. And what she was sharing with me was important. I needed to hear it, that I had to step up and do a reality for teachers of what they were having to transition into. And even though, well, I'll share with you, it was my book was coming out or had come out actually with all these strategies, my first one. And she had shared with me that Common Core was coming and that how are you going to meet the needs of Common Core? And I was very angry and upset because it was based on brain research. It was differentiation, engaged kids. It's all about um, organization and the way the patterns of the brain and how we think. It's about higher order thinking. It's student centered, like plethora of things in one single strategy. So when to be challenged in that, I didn't want to hear that because I was like, Common Core, what do you mean? These are, these are fabulous strategies. It doesn't matter about Common Core. They're fabulous. And it took me about 24 hours to transition back into my emotional brain or out of my emotional brain into my logical side. And that's when it hit me that she was right. She was 100% right. I didn't want to hear it. But how was I going to help teachers transition this, these strategies into really connect to the Common Core strongly? And it, because of her, I came up with more ideas and better ways to do it. And what that taught me is that even though when we sometimes don't want to hear it, we need to hear it. At the same time, she texted me a couple nights ago and said she watched a video and how proud she was of me. And she had tears coming down her face because of it. And so I think, again, it's just important to make sure you surround yourself with people who will tell you the truth because you don't, yes, you'll have those that give you the warm and fuzzy and those are nice too. But you also have to have those individuals that lay it on you with love. Mm, lay it on you with love. I like that. It's a great saying. Well, as we wrap, our final question today that, that we're asking all of our podcast participants is, when you think of women leaders, what is one word that comes to mind for you? Shine, of course. It has to be shine. Because <laughs> I, I truly, I truly believe that when it comes to leaders and, and you know, especially women leaders, um, one thing that drives me crazy is when other individuals pull another individual down. Um, I'm okay with handling it myself, but when I see others stop what they believe in and doing because of others saying things about them. And I had a, a, had a mentor one time say that the higher you climb, the more people will try to pull you down. And so as a leader, remember that, that it, as long as you know you are truly doing what is right and what is best, do that, own it, shine in your way, and be the leader that you were meant to be. Well, thank you today for sharing so many of your life experiences, being completely vulnerable and honest with us. And thank you for your work with educators across our nation, all in the support of students and student learning. From us at the Teaching Channel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Crystal, and thank you to the Teaching Channel. You guys are doing such wonderful things. I appreciate that. Keep, keep it up. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you.